0: Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest to understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award winning expert with a glorious
1: knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey, clever investors, and welcome to another show. The theme today is talking about changing goals, how over time things that you thought about, things that you were interested in, things that you were explained to you by us industry professionals need to change. Just like any good football team, um, you need to adjust your goals, you need to uh, change the way that you play sometimes. Joining me in the studio today are two very much industry experts and I'm going to get them to introduce themselves.
2: My name is uh, Nathan Newham. I've been with Mortgage Choice for around 21, 22 years now. We deal primarily in the Sydney market. We uh, have multiple franchises. We've got um, uh, the Hornsby Northern Beaches and we've just acquired the Hills franchise.
1: Uh, My name's Russell Quinlan, I'm a colleague of Nathan. So my question then about changing goals over time, things that need to things that need to be adjusted and especially what we do within the within the finance world, whether we're looking at investing or whether we're looking at just our own home loans or even what we're doing with credit cards and stuff. Why do we need to change things? What have you seen change over the time? What worked then that doesn't work now?
2: Yeah, well it, it's a it's a great question and if I think back over the 20 years, we've seen some pretty significant changes and you know going back to submitting applications via fax machines and typing out applications in old uh, application forms, which used to come in envelopes, uh, things have changed a lot. If we also look at the generational expectation, I think of um, how people borrow money, that's changed significantly as well. An example of that would be we have um, families that we've helped now. So we've had parents, we've had kids, and there's definitely a pretty significant shift in the way they think about borrowing money so i think if i think of a couple of specific examples i've got parents who have their primary goal was to buy their home buy their home raise their family pay it off and then that was that was really it they hadn't didn't really think too much about investing in property and, and building their wealth their money was primarily tied up in one asset when well, now the kids because the market's changed so much, uh, because it's grown so much and uh, it's very hard, for example, in Sydney in particular, buying, uh, getting your foot your foot in the market to buy and live a, live in your own home, it's tough. So we're buying a lot of investment properties for these uh, younger Gen X and Gen Ys. Um, they're very open to it. There's no – they understand the numbers, you know, they they, they get it. They're quite happy to go and rent close to work or with friends and just buy where the numbers show they're going to get the best best result, best um, best outcome, where the parents still yet to do anything. Parents are still living in their home and they've got, um, you know, they're now starting to think about their retirement and they're playing catch-up with the kids. So, yeah, very different, very different mindset to those generations.
3: I think, Nate, you've uh, touched on a point there that um, there's actually a word for that. We call it rent-investing. And uh, it's where the younger clients are renting in an area they want to live in uh, because affordability is a, is a massive issue. I think medium house price in Sydney at the moment is 1.4 million. And therefore they go and buy an investment property. And that also is a beneficial purchase because it also removes the, the emotional attachment to that purchase. And all of a sudden we educate these, these younger group of people that um, it's now a numbers game. How can they get the best return for their money?
1: I know for a fact that 20 years ago we didn't have a name, rent vesting. Okay. If you'd have said rent vesting, people would have thought you'd just landed from the moon or something. <laughs> I think, I mean, 20 years ago you didn't have an investment property; you had a rental, didn't you? Yes. And it was normally, it was normally the first property that you'd bought as a first-time buyer, and you hung on to it sometimes for not the right financial reason, but because we were often, you know, classically conditioned that you just. You just don't sell property. So the shift that we've seen then, this generational shift, because you've got the the children of your clients from twenty years ago who who haven't done anything, they're now open to the idea of oh, I'll rent and you know um, um, and buy elsewhere. Is this leaving the their parents scratching their heads a bit?
2: I think so. I think there's um, I think the also the education around it's very different now. You know, you've got Example, this show or you know, other ones where they talk about the strength they can model what the histories looked like. Back then, it just wasn't. It just was, it was a different conversation, you know. So it was their goals were very specific. They could afford to live in a house. I my father bought, I think his house when I was around when I was born in the early seventies, uh, in the hills, which was I think forty five thousand dollars, you know. So that was a big block, and it was a two story home, you know. So and I remember him going to the bank. Uh, I don't remember him going to the bank but I remember <laughs> he told me the story of him going to the bank and he basically, the bank manager said he'd give him the loan if he brought the rest of his family in there and signed them up for savings accounts. So, you know, it's just it's just different. It's just a, it's just a different time. So what I've noticed, I've got a, my son's 20 and he's now getting into this market as well, into the game. He has no, he has no illusion about how he's going to get into the market. He knows exactly that he's going to basically buy to invest and live where he wants to live. It just makes, it makes perfect sense. And when you talk about the end goal might be different. He might go, you know, I'll do that a few times and leverage that off to buy the house I want to live in. But without doing that, uh, without starting the investment process, he knows he's not going to be able to save at the pace he needs to save at to get into that home that he wants to live in. If he wants to live in there with his family. Those parents now that are sort of at that point in their life where they're starting to think about Okay well I'm going to transition to retirement soon how am I going to make that retirement work for me how can I, how can that be effective I think it's different I think that you know the kids now they want to have they want to have more fun when they retire I don't know actually how far they're thinking ahead it's just when it comes to retirement but they just have a I think a better grasp on the way properties are commodities you look at the numbers you look at what yield is going to be you look at the quality metrics around them the management of the company versus the location of the property, you know, these things align to make it a good investment. It's just a different it's a different mindset.
3: I reckon your dad's probably told you that story once or twice before, Nathan, reminded you many years and he's probably not the only dad to do that. So I'm
1: sure there's nothing illegal about having to force the rest of the family to come in and start an account as well. There's oh. nothing wrong with that whatsoever.
3: No. Yeah. Look, I reckon Owen, your your introduction to this um, series about changing goals with a football analogy it's so true a lot of people relate to sport and if we think about how sport or the game any of the game rugby league uh, soccer football was played 20 years ago if they tried to play like that today they would not be successful and I think um, we've got to educate uh, these new generations with the knowledge that we have that it's definitely a different playing field and mum and dad we love your stories but that's not how they're going to be successful moving forward.
1: Is is there any clients you can you, you can think of at the moment that you've got that are sitting on a property which has got loads of equity in it? They probably have paid it all off. You know, they might have bugger all in super, though their super is probably not worth. They might have a a few hundred thousand dollars, which I've talked about before. Is is not really enough to just rely on solely because they're not going to get the pension with that kind of thing.
3: I've got a classic couple where they're probably more our generation where they they invested really backwards. And I can tell you now that right now they've actually sold their principal place of residence because they've actually paid off their investment property. And I said, we've done it all backwards. You've got to get rid of the investment property and you want to live somewhere else. Okay, no, great. So they're selling their investment property. They're selling their actual uh, owner occupied property and they're going to buy another three properties. They're going to buy a new property to live in with basically no debt, and they're going to have all their debt shifted to these two new investment Perfect. properties. And this is going to be – they're going to be in such a better position than what they thought they were yeah. today.
1: The conversation then leading up to that, that they got it backwards, right? And I've seen that happen before as well. Tell me about the conversation. Did you have to gently break that to them about, I'm sorry, but, yeah, it, you could do better?
3: Yeah, it, it was it was actually a really good ride because, you uh, know, office – we've got a dozen people working in our office and I actually um, put it around a deals on desk situation that we hold every week in our office space. And I showed them this uh, actual example and we're all just going, oh my God, these guys are going to fall over when they realise the change or, or how much better off they're going to be. And sure enough, we I, I got them in and, and it's really strange because nowadays we, we, we're not doing a lot of in-person meetings in our office and these guys wanted to come in and say, it was brilliant. So we got them to come in and we sat them down and we showed them. I mean, that's a lovely old-fashioned way of doing things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, sometimes we have to do stuff the old way. No masks. (laughs) Sometimes we have Uh, to do the stuff the old way because it works. And for them, in person, showing them the numbers, they walked out with this light bulb above their head. It was incredible. Here's
2: another perfect example of that. So I had a a client last week come in and they had uh, bought a bad investment property. It was in – Particular part of Brisbane where they were hoping it was going to do well, it was a very, very small one. Obviously it wasn't research, they did it by themselves. By the, uh, It hadn't got up in value much, but it was at a point where they could not, the, the rental, they were having issues renting it. So they decided, again, by themselves, they decided they had money to pay it off. They paid it off. So they had a zero debt against uh, an investment property in Brisbane. And then they came to me to buy a property to live in in Sydney. And they had really good savings. So the issue we had was that if they held that property, all that money they're making on that, all the rent, they're getting taxed on it. He in particular had quite a high tax bracket. Um, so I saying, mate, you're paying half this money's going, you know, that you're earning on it. Then we decided. I showed, I flipped it around. I said, right, why don't we sell that, buy a property, and you use all the money that you sold and all the money that you saved. You put that off your house very little debt, I think I was looking to spend 1.5, they had about a $500,000 loan after that, but then introduced the idea of buying, using the leverage and leveraging the equity and buying another property. Doing that, we ended up reducing their monthly expenditure, their monthly repayments, having a new property and an investment property fully geared was less than just just owning the one property. So, you know, definitely getting it right from the start is I think, I think we get the biggest I know as a broker, I get the biggest kick out of that. Making sure everything's structured correctly and educating them on how to do it right because it just allows them to go, if there is the desire to go again, they can go again and it's done, it's right, you know, and then we gear it up again if we need to. Knowing also the fact that when you project these numbers out in the future, it just makes a significant difference. Good debt versus bad debt. It's a it's a fantastic conversation.
1: I'm gonna pose a question to you now then. So we've got let's go back to old dad up there on the on the northern beaches in the in the hills area there. Paid off the property, okay? Kids are now doing all this rent vesting stuff, family dinners on Sundays, they're all talking about how exciting it is. And the old man is sitting potentially on a nice little pot of gold, but his biggest asset he's living in, it's not income producing. Da, 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 da. What conversation can the kids have with your family members where you want them to actually do something? Because I know for a fact, so um, the other week I had Tony Hayek in here and we were talking about the psychology of making decisions and it's far easier to do nothing than it is to do something. What's your top little tips to get your mum and dad to do something?
2: If I think about people I know, people who really w- should have had that decision, should have made that decision. I guess it's a bad word to use, but you need to fear the future, I think, a little bit. You need to understand what that looks like for you personally. And if you've got no one really telling you the truth behind that, then that's um, it's pretty important. It's pretty important that so- people need to know. People don't know. What is it? They don't know what they don't know. So having the right people around you sort of explaining to you what that looks like is is key. You know, the, the, the fear of not doing anything I think is, is, um, must be terrifying.
3: Well, well I think it's, we always say it's easier to do nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think the mindset is we generally have to change the mindset and changing goals, especially the young, younger generation. And what, uh, what we see is that we have to get them away from their parents, feeding them the information to say, Oh, you've got to buy a house and you've got to pay it off and then you've got to get no mortgage. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, we we see this younger generation come through and they say, okay, well, actually, I can buy an investment property, and this is what I can do with it. I can, and once they understand the numbers, they're back in our door wanting to buy the second one, and it's all all of a sudden we 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 literally have to slow them down a little bit because they want everything now, uh, but. Once they do have that mindset well, change, we blame Instagram for that, yeah. don't we? Yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: everything looks pretty now.
3: Yeah. Oh, and they want to put it on their stories and post it and all that sort of stuff. hundred percent right, Owen. But it's that changing of the mindset, changing of the goals, and let let them be educated of, of how to set them up for the future. As Nathan was saying, you know, uh, don't fear the future, but embrace it and understand how to get there.
1: Who's going to educate the the parents? Should they do it themselves? Should they jump on Dr. Google, right?
2: <laughs> well, people like us, I guess, you know, people like Blue Wealth, people like, well, short, whoever that needs to be. But um, uh, I don't know how receptive parents are to getting told what to do by their kids. I don't know how that would go. I'd hope that they would be receptive to that.
1: I think there's a difference though between being told what to do and and really what your skill set is showing them, okay? As you said before, when you when you got the clients in the office yeah. And you would have drawn on loads of bits of paper, wouldn't you? Absolutely. White right. board, the whiteboard, the old whiteboard. Board. Absolutely. Okay, so there's a difference between telling and showing. I also embrace as well, and I did, a, uh, I did one of the shows a while ago um, about not teaching your relatives how to drive because a lot of us don't know how to drive really well and you're just passing on bad habits as well. So, yeah, it's... I think, I think our biggest uh, goal there is just
3: to provide... The relevant information. If we can show them um, exactly the differences between what they're doing today and what they could be doing, then ideally they've got to make those decisions for themselves. But if they got the numbers in there, the numbers don't lie. And can I say, when we
2: do explain it and we do show, we do get the whiteboard out or we do get that data, uh, it is a very eye-opening moment for them. They do look at that and there's probably a bit of excitement about what the future looks like when they make the decision to move forward, but also probably a bit of regret that they didn't do it
3: sooner.
1: So, when's the best time for them to have this conversation? Absolutely now, Owen.
3: Um, I think we keep going back to that thing. If it's easier to do nothing, and you know, people can sit on their hands and, and make excuse, they could make a thousand excuses of why I shouldn't do it. Uh, the market's not right, or my numbers not right, or I'm too close to retirement, or whatever it might be. Uh, the couple that I've just had in in our office recently, which we just spoke about, it was really pleasing to see that they've made a decision. I've had that client for probably the last five or six years now and I've worked through them with small things and we didn't quite get things done. But as soon as they had this eye-opening experience and they've made a decision, it was like a weight lifted off them and they can see, okay, well, now we've got a a really financially feasible goal. Even though we're in a somewhat comfortable position financially with where we were with properties, they're gonna be in such a better position uh, moving forward.
1: Gentlemen, thank you ever so much for coming into the studio today. It's been uh, it's been gr- great to hear from the coalface, the working side of things, about what actually goes on. I will put a link in the show notes for your mortgage choices um, franchises where you are, so people got any further questions, they can get in contact with you. Thanks again for coming in and of course if you loved this episode uh, hit the like button send it on to your friends and family it's a great way of us growing the audience here and i'll see you all again next week for another edition of the Clever Investor Podcast.
0: You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au